started a rocket like we're never gonna see it again. We are exploding, the world is gonna know it. We're rocket like you're never gonna see us again. Good evening, everyone. It is 6 p.m. and Pure Gold is live and on the air for this Wednesday night, May 16, 2012. Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. My name is Joe Pacino, and my tag team partner and co-host seated to my left is David Gomez. Sir, how are you? Doing wonderful, sir. Unfortunately, I'm seated here next to you, but if not for that, it would be a wonderful evening. It's a good thing our producer is right in between us. Alex, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I just want to say, you know, that movie The Dictator's coming out right now? It's supposed to come out today. You guys like that? Joe, you, you want to be on that one? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Uh, Alex, we'll definitely talk about that during our entertainment talk. We have, <laughs> we have Hans on. Uh, but before we get the show on the road, sir, give out the contact information. Folks, the contact information, as always, 714-364-4721 to call in. PureGoldPG.com to check out all our past episodes. And, of course, you can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and all that other goodness, which you can locate under the Follow Us tab on the side of the website. Once again, 714-364-4721. Good job, Alex, doing the little tease for Pure Gold. Tonight <laughs> on the program, Hans will be coming and talking about some upcoming movies, including The Dictator. We will have Pyro... From Anman Onslaught talking about the WWE pay-per-view this weekend, Over the Limit. We'll talk about a little bit about Raw. And finally, we'll have Mr. Kevin Canessa on talking some New York Mets and some NHL playoffs. Coming to you live from the Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey, this is Pure Gold with your host, David and Joe. Now it's time for some entertainment talk here on Pure Gold. Folks, we're happy to be, oh, I don't know if happy is the right word, but we're joined tonight by Hans, one of the uh, intrepid members of our team who's been fired more times than I can count. Sir, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Uh, we're doing great. Uh, again, thank you for joining us. Now, sir, there's uh, quite a few things on the slate, so why don't you hit us off with the entertainment talk for the evening? Well, first we're going to talk about the movie that's opening up tonight. Um, as Alex said, The Dictator. So far, the ratings for the movie, um, a 7 out of 10 on IGN. And it's basically another character by Sasha Baron Cohen, yeah. uh, one of his many. So it, it seems to be just like in likes with his other movies, um, Borat, that was uh, other characters that he had on the Ali G show. Uh, so it's, it seems like it's going to be a funny movie. Like I've told uh, Dave numerous times, it's actually a story penned by Saddam Hussein, a love Which I story. Don't believe, by the way. What's that? I still don't believe that Saddam Hussein wrote this movie. He didn't write the movie. He wrote the story behind the movie, The right. like the... Like a short story, and uh, what's his name, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen took it and made it into a movie. Yeah, maybe Hitler wrote this movie too. Uh, you know, any thoughts on that? He's such an idiot. <laughs> Don't hang up. Those are my thoughts. 
Well, it's like I was telling Joe right before, the, and it's funny that Alex mentioned it to open the show. As so we were walking in the studio, it was actually the commercials playing. And if it wasn't an R-rated sloppy curse fest, I would go see it. I'll probably wait till it comes out on network TV in like two years. But uh, it looks hilarious, and it looks like it's going to be a funny movie. I've heard some, you know, some interesting, uh, what's the word, antics that he's done, some tricks, some things, the red carpet, etc. So I know that that's going to be a, I'm sure it'll make its money just like Borat did. Again, Joe's favorite movie. Yes, it was my favorite movie. What else do you have for us, sir? Uh, the other movie that's coming up is Battleship, based on the Hasbro game uh, by the same High name. Five. Uh, by the way, folks. B seven. Sorry, you were saying. <laughs> so I don't even know why they're making this movie, awesome. and why even call it Battleship. It has nothing to do with the game. It's not two people at war. It's uh, us Americans, the U.S. Navy. Versus these aliens that look like they came out of Transformers. I think they actually to me it's come just out of Transformers. Transformers Four. F five. <laughs> yeah, F five. Hey, Hans, let me ask you a question. Um, you mentioned that why would they make the movie if it's not based on the game? But how do you make a movie? It's almost like Monopoly. How do you make a movie based on the Battleship video game unless you're gonna have two people sitting around, you know, making random comments and doing what Joe's doing, the the, the stupidity, but. I don't see how you can make a movie, call it Battleship, and it have anything to do with the game anyway. Easily. You don't make a movie named Battleship after a board game. Yeah. That's what you do. You Why? don't do it. Why are you so angry, sir? Can I ask you that? Because it's retarded. Maybe Hollywood has nothing better to do than rehash movies from the 80s or take board games that don't need to be movies and make them into these ridiculous movies. The only good thing that this movie has going for it is that Liam Neeson is in it. Wait, maybe when this movie flops, they'll say, you sunk my battleship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure the headlines will be Battleship Sunk or whatever if it doesn't do well. Um, it, that actually might help the dictator make more money. What's interesting is you mentioned board games. The one movie that I can think of that's awesome, it's one of my all-time favorites, and I say this with no exaggeration, Clue. is the movie Clue. That movie is hilarious. I've seen it 50 times. I, I own it. It's a great film, and, you know, it, it has to... They were able to tie in the game, which is a great game, and turn it into a film. Mrs. Peacock was a but man. See, those board <laughs> games work. You could turn them into movies. Now I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. <laughs> great line in the film. Oh, and another great line in the film, uh, sorry to cut you off there, Hans, is, uh, is when the detective goes, uh, he's talking about, Mrs. Peacock, I told you the kingdom of heaven was at hand, and then all the people come and arrest her. Great film. Sorry, you were saying? <laughs> yeah, you were saying that, that board game works. You you can make that into a movie. That's why the, the movie did so well and resonates in, in our hearts, because it, it it's easily transferable into a movie, but not Battleship. Well, I mean, I agree with you. IGN gave it terrible ratings. It got a two out of out of five stars. So that I mean, that's that's pretty bad. And I, I'm not looking forward to it. Taylor Kitsch is a terrible actor. Rihanna, I heard she did an awful job. And yeah, Liam Neeson is great, but I mean, one man can't sell a movie. Exactly. What else, sir? Uh, May 25th, we have Men in Black three oh. coming out, and this is reuniting uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. Uh, back together again. The plot is something happens to to Tommy Lee uh, Jones' character where Will Smith has to go back in time um, when he was a younger agent to try to save the universe or some stupid 
crap you, like that. You know what's amazing? Two comments. One, <clears throat> that Josh Brolin looks exactly like Tommy Lee Jones. That's exactly what I would imagine Tommy Lee Jones looked like when he was younger. So, And that that's his regular face. So it's kind of interesting. Maybe Tommy Lee's his uh, you know, illegitimate father. And aside from that, um, this this whole concept, this whole thing, I remember seeing a commercial for it, I think, on Monday, and, they were, and Will Smith was like, there's no such thing as time travel. I mean, really, in a movie where it's all about hunting aliens and memory erasing and mind wipes, the the concept of time travel would be too far-fetched for the main character. I, that's kind of idiotic. I mean, I think this movie was made because... I think Will Smith, Will Smith is going through a divorce, right? He no, out. apparently he's not. He's I, not I, now? No, I mean, he's not no. John Cena. He's not going through a divorce. No. There's I always thought, rumors about it, though. I thought they made this movie because somebody needs some money because I, I don't know why you make a third movie. and uh, you know. It's going to make money, though. There's no doubt. I mean, it's not going to be a smash hit, but it'll make its money. Was it? Yeah. It'll break out even, if anything. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be a ratings bonanza. People may watch it just for the fact that it's been so long since the second movie. It's been um, so long since Will Smith made a movie. What was the last movie he made? Was uh, it? Wasn't it Hancock? Was it? Really? Alex, our producer, is telling us Hancock. That came out like two or three years ago. Has it been that long since? I, mean, I think it has. Uh, maybe it has. And speaking of which, he's in talks to make the second part of Hancock. There you go. That, that was a really good movie. I, I liked Hancock a lot. They made a second part to that. I mean, that'll that'll break all kinds of records, four or five billion probably easily. Now, Hans, before we on go the first through, night, yeah. <laughs> before we go through the list of uh, all the shows that have been canceled or renewed, because I think you have that list. High five. Is there any? Yeah, Spider- is there any Spider-Man update? And more importantly, any Dark Knight Rises update? We have to talk about Dark Knight. Um, right now, in in the talks is. Um, Spider-Man 2 is already being written. They're they're expecting it to do that well that they're already in the process of writing the sequel. Uh, As far as um, those after-credit scenes, they they haven't really said whether there's going to be one. Nobody's sure. Um, The the company's not sure if they're going to just put it in there last minute or keep it out, but they're saying it's going to tie in with the whole Marvel Universe. So that that's something to look forward to if if that is in their plans. That's interesting. I mean, I don't see how Spider Man would tie into the Avengers universe because he's so young. This isn't a mature, you know, twenty, thirty year old Spider Man. But um I mean they gotta have those scenes. I mean, that's pretty much a staple of the Marvel the Marvel films. As far as Dark Knight, um, they're expecting it to do really well. Uh it's the only criticism now is um that Uh-oh. it doesn't that Nolan made it too realistic and that's going to be DC's downfall either they're going to run with that with all of their superheroes make everybody more realistic or just kind of it's going to fall to the ground because they can't tie everybody together well it's like i was telling you the other day when we were talking about this the i mean the avengers is doing amazing in 19 days it passed a billion dollars which is a record it has the all-time record for the first weekend the only thing it doesn't have uh is the first, is the opening night i think it missed by like a million or two but it's breaking all kinds of barriers and they're expecting it to pass harry potter to be the number 3 film of all time now, the Dark Knight is going to make a ton of money. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to make as much as the Avengers, only because of what, what we just mentioned. Um, and the people might, honestly, they might be superheroed out because you have that movie, which has already broken all those records. You have Spider-Man, which is going to make its five or six hundred million. And then you have right after that Batman and G.I. Joe sandwiched in there as well, all before the Dark Knight. So that may kind of hurt it. And you did mention the fact that 
the realism of it. The only movie that I think would make more money than the Avengers right now, comic book wise, would be the Justice League because the Justice League has the three most iconic comic book characters of all time, which is Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. And Christopher Nolan's vision, although wonderful because it fits with Batman, that whole realistic thing wouldn't work for Superman. It wouldn't work for Wonder Woman. So that may cripple any other future films, and a Justice League movie will probably never get made. But that's what DC and Warner Brothers want. They want to make it more realistic. And I agree with you wholly. How how are they going to do that? They they can't make Superman realistic. He's an alien from outer space with the only powers. Nobody can beat him. That's so true. I don't know how they, they're planning on making uh, Superman darker and grittier like Batman. It, it won't work. Well, we already know that Man of Steel is going to be a, is going to be a colossal flop next year, so I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. What else you got, sir? Tell us about the TV shows cancellations. Well, as far as uh, cancellations, I go by network. Um, ABC canceled The River after about I think six episodes airing, missing, and Good Christian Bees. I can't say no! that the last word. Oh boy! But yeah. Any any show with cursing or curse words in the title, they don't last. The um, the one with uh, the guy's name escapes me, uh, but stuff my father says got canceled halfway through the season. People just don't want. I don't know if people don't want to see that on their television screens or what, but they just don't last. Cougar Town is being. What was, what was it you just said that doesn't last? I know you mentioned uh, anything with cursing in the title, but what, what was the other show? Uh, it's S, My Dad Says. Oh, the William Shatner show. Yeah, that, that, that yeah was, there you go, William Shatner. Upfest, that show. It didn't, it didn't last at all. You're right. Anything with cursing, if you can't say the title, it, it's not going to It's not gonna fly. Um, let me see. Yeah, as far as ABC, Cougar Town didn't technically get canceled. They just got bought by TBS, so they're moving that show over to TBS. Uh, CBS finally canceled uh, CSI Miami. Finally. Uh, they canceled finally because it's still over the top. Sick. Sick. A Gifted Man, How to Be a Gentleman, uh, New York City 22, Unforgettable, and Rob all got canceled from CBS. Garbage. Uh, Fox canceled. What? They canceled Night Rider? <laughs> All right, on to go on. Fox canceled Alcatraz, Alan Gregory, Breaking In, The Finder. Breaking In Alex got canceled the tenth time. I mean, that, that, they need to yes. start that show back. Uh, House is on its last season. Violent. I Hate My Teenage Daughter and <laughs> Terra Nova, which Fox had very high hopes for. Terrible. You know... Let me ask you this, sir. Um, as, we're, as we're running short on some time, we have a couple other things we have to get to. What what baffles me is how do shows ever get made? Because you just named about 15 different shows from the from two major networks. We didn't even get to NBC. Uh, you know, all these shows come. They you know the big high hopes, et cetera, et cetera. They all get canceled. Shows don't even last past the season. Like what? The, why do they even make TV shows anymore? They should just be reruns of other shows like The Big Bang Theory. They don't give it a chance. I think that's the problem with the networks. They expect the the shows to do high numbers throughout six, seven episodes so they could guarantee a slot, but they only give it three episodes to see how well it's going fair 
and then they cancel it. Uh, that's why Breaking In was in there twice. Uh, it got canceled after, I believe, six or seven episodes last season. They brought it back because there was a little following, kind of like The Office. Uh, it came back, still didn't do great numbers, and they canceled it again. You know, I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, Alex just whispered in my ear that house is going to be spun off. They're going to call it Condo. You are an idiot. You're supposed to play that drum. You are an absolute, complete, and utter idiot. Is this what I have to work with? Oh, a little late there. Yeah. This, what else, sir? What other shows are getting canceled? All right. NBC is canceling Are You There, Chelsea? Awake, Bent, Best Friends Forever, Fear Factor, yeah. Free Agents, Harry's Law, the Playboy Club, Prime Suspect, and The Firm. And CW is canceling Ringer and Secret Circle. Let me ask you, is there any show that isn't getting canceled? Uh, I think we should have done that list instead. American Idol, American Got Talent. That would have been a shorter list. Everything no, with American in no, it. No, I mean the new shows that aren't getting oh, okay. canceled. There's not too many of them. Uh, no, not too many made it. Um, actually, one did get picked up with cursing in the in the title, don't trust the bee in apartment twenty three. Yeah. That one surprisingly made it through. I mean, yeah, the only show that I, I really have those that list that you just named, the only show that I really know is Fear Factor and I actually like that show. I don't know why it didn't succeed the second time around, but uh oh well. <laughs> it only lasted I, I believe six episodes. It it didn't air for that long this season. No. I don't know if people just aren't into it. They waited too long to revive it. Who knows? All right, sir. <laughs> Thanks again for coming on. Entertainment talk with you is always a pleasure, sir. Thank you guys for having me. Wait, hold on one second. No. Uh, but before we let you go, sir, there was uh, there was something that that we had mentioned earlier that we were going to talk about briefly. What was that? What was that topic? I don't know. That that <laughs> I told you. I told you earlier. We were talking about this. How we needed to discuss it. Um, something about. Oh boy. Ah, crap, what was it? Remember, we had this whole conversation earlier today of like, oh, make sure you mention it for the show, put it down, put it in notes. I mean, are, are you that useless that you forgot? This is bad radio. Let's end the segment now. Apparently, I did forget because I did cover everything you told me to put in my notes. You worthless sack of human flesh. Sir, have a wonderful evening. You too. Folks, that was the one and only, our best friend in the world, Mr. Hans. And, uh, you know, I honestly forget what it was we were going to talk about, but if I remember it, I'll talk about it later. Check out Pure Gold Radio for a fresh take on sports and entertainment. David and Joe are informative, prolific, and funny. Enjoy a variety of guests and perspective. Tune in to catch me live, pro wrestler, actress, producer, Francesca Zappacelli, at puregoldpg.com. What's up, everyone? This is Bright Lights' Jared Foster, the man of a thousand bulbs and Mr. Entertainment himself. A reoccurring guest, nonetheless, on Pure Gold Radio. And what I want you to do is check out my friends, Dave and Joe, as they deliver nonstop entertainment week after week with amazing guests discussing everything from wrestling and sports to entertainment. You name it, it's talked about, and it's only talked about in one place. Pure Gold Radio, and you can find them at puregoldpg.com. That's puregoldpg.com.
special thanks to the one and only Bright Lights, Jarrett Foster, the incomparable Francesca Zapatelli. Woo! Folks, we are joined by the man of a thousand words or less, Mr. Pyro Falcon from OnlineOnslaught.com. Pyro, how in the heck are you? I'm doing all right, guys. How are you? Doing, Doing fabulous, sir. Sir, I know you don't have a lot to talk about, but I want to hit you with some things. Get your take on them. Let's get right into it. Last Monday or two nights ago was Raw, and um, I just want your take on the whole uh, Paul Heyman coming out, filing a lawsuit against Triple H, the WWE, whatever. What is this all leading to? Don't tell me it's leading to a match for SummerSlam because that's pretty lame. (laughs) Okay, I won't tell you. Okay, I guess that's your answer, huh? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean it's they're they're kind of telegraphing exactly what they're doing. But it's this is one of those uh, storylines and situations where the journey is more fun than the destination because we all know where it's going. You know, there's no unpredictability. But at the same time, you know, Triple H is great on the mic and Heyman is great on on the mic, and you know, it's apparently 2002 all over again. So, you know. Now I'm gonna let Dave talk about CM Punk and. Uh... The match is Sunday, uh, just some theories that we have for you, Pyro. But to end the show, I mean, bookending the show, I, I thought the, the beginning was pretty I, – I thought it was pretty bad, and the ending was even worse with uh, John Cena. I Sir, call, that ending was the worst thing I've ever seen on uh, WWE. Yeah. That whole segment was, was complete and utter garbage. I compared John Cena trying to be Ace Ventura, Jim Carrey, at the end with that whole loser thing. I mean, how bad was that for TV, sir? <laughs> I'm actually having to disagree with you. I thought it was actually really funny. Um, All right. In fact, I thought it was Thanks one for of joining us needed. tonight, Pyro. It was wonderful uh, talking to you. Let's just hang up on this guy. <laughs> I know. It's, I, I don't know. I, I think um, it was drunk, because by it was the way, just I'm, different. Were, were, were you yeah. drinking that night? Because I don't see how anybody in the world could have found that horrific train wreck of a segment. And I actually tried to poke out my own eyeballs, and I was unsuccessful. It was so bad. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I said, I, I think it really comes down to the fact that it was different. It was, you know, there was no more of Cena being his stupid, hyper-intensive self, and it was just something different to something watch. Different. And, you know, for 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 me, it was better. It was better than worse. But, you know, oh. whatever, teach Pyro, Pyro's really lost it. So, yeah, I have this theory, uh, and I guess other people have this theory too, apparently, is that, uh, you know, midway through the show, Big Show was fired. We find out that was awful. That was awful too. But Horrible. Let me get to my theory. Now you know he was Stop. fired and he's not a WWE wrestler, quote unquote. And obviously John Cena read the stipulations of the match this Sunday with him against Lauren Ice. Is it safe to say that a heel Big Show will come and cost John Cena this match? I doubt that. I, I would figure. Well, <laughs> wow, I didn't even actually think about that. I figured he would come as a face. I actually have also thought that Lesnar is fired or quit or whatever so he could interfere too it's going to be one of them or both and it'll probably be stupid whatever it is i'll I'll definitely give you that one like the middle of the show was totally boring to me i actually did like the opening and the ending but the middle of the show just lagged i wasn't very entertained you know what though i mean one one thing that i that i wasn't entertained by and uh i was listening to busted open today and the guys were on point the triple h thing i mean triple h can cut a good promo but his promo wasn't kind of long-winded he talks a lot and all he did was bury Brock Lesnar to no end. I mean, basically all he ever does is bury talent when they come out. And this whole Brock Lesnar thing to me, 
They've made Brock look completely – they've castrated him, as Joe said. They've made him totally ineffective. We, he beat the crap out of Cena at the pay-per-view. We thought Cena was going to be gone for a long time. Nope, shows up the next night and is not injured, by the way. Then he, quote-unquote, breaks Triple H's arm. Nope, Triple H's arm isn't broken. He just kind of hurt it a little bit. Now, to me, Lesnar has lost any credibility, any possibility of being a legit threat like they said he was going to be. I thought he was going to come in there, break next, cash checks, do all that other stuff, and he has been an absolute bust, and not by his own fault. It's the fault of the WWE. It's like they wanted to humble him. But... um. Uh, the only way that I think they could save Lesnar, and they'll never do this, is have him destroy Triple H in five minutes at the pay-per-view, put him out of action for six months, we don't see or hear from Triple H again, and same thing with Cena, just take him out, because Brock, let's face it, Brock hasn't done anything, you know, he supposedly hurt people, but actually, you know what, no, he didn't. Yeah, and that is doable, that he'll uh, uh, come back and just destroy Triple H in five minutes or whatever. See, the whole problem with Brock Lesnar is that he didn't sign, even though he signed a one-year contract, he didn't sign to come up on every day, kind of like The Rock. He's only playing the big cities, so to speak. So they had to have him quit and, you know, tuck his tail between his legs and take his ball and go home and insert other cliche here. And, you know, to, to excuse the fact that he's going to be gone for half of, you know, this next year just because he didn't sign for that many days. But... I think as we get closer to WrestleMania, especially, which I know is still, what, nine months away at this point, 11 months away at this point, um, as we get closer to that, then he'll show up more, he'll show up more often, he'll be there week to week, and then he can start building his momentum. Because you wouldn't want him to build up his momentum, you know, immediately when he comes back, and then have him immediately leave again, because then he'll lose it anyway. So you, you just, you bring him back, go ahead and make him look like a loss, because there will be time to bring him back later. And Brock is so huge physically and in the fans' eyes that he can get all that credibility back within a few weeks. So it's really not that big of a deal. You know, uh, I don't normally do this, but I, I totally disagree with you. I don't see how they can possibly uh, make Brock credible again, other than what I said, which they probably won't do. And uh, from what I heard and what I read, it's actually Brock was going to be around more than The Rock. The Rock is going to be gone pretty much. Uh, you know, he'll show up every once in a blue, but Brock has somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 or 50 appearances. So right now, Paul Heyman is stretching out the appearances. So it, it, he's mentioned, but he's not there. So, uh, you know, I mean, right. we'll have to uh, agree to disagree on this, but I definitely don't see how they make Brock. I think they blew the chance that they had to make Brock something awesome. I think just like the WWE does with everything else, they've totally ruined it. Like they ruined the Nexus angle, like they ruined, uh, you know, Cena being human. I mean, they pretty much killed that, but i got to shift gears on you for a second. Joe mentioned this earlier, so I wanted to touch on it. Uh, did you hear about the little uh, Twitter fiasco that Mr. CM Punk pulled off last week? No, I haven't, actually. Well, uh, we talked we talked about it on the show, and uh, Mr. Mr. Punk told a guy, a fan who disagreed with homosexuality and gay marriage, told him to go kill himself. He told another fan to go drink bleach. And, uh, you know, that's obviously uh, not a good thing when you're in a publicly traded company and your stars are interacting with each other. Um, Joe thinks that this may cost him the title because of the WWEs. They're so image conscious. Um, you know, give us your thoughts on that. Wow, I hadn't heard any of that. Yeah, Punk is definitely destined to lose the title in that case because that's uh, WWE's whole anti-bullying thing. I can't believe Punk would say something like that. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, he, he made one of his half-hearted apologies. He's like, you know... I'm going to be the bigger man on this and uh, apologize. I mean, that's not an apology. You're insulting the guy even further. But, uh, you know, it was, it was uh, 
interesting, you know, that the whole the whole thing was kind of like a terrible, terrible, not kind of, it was a terrible idea by Punk, and I'm just curious to see where they go from here. But the Daniel Bryan-CM Punk match on Sunday really got no hype. Uh, you know, they put him at the beginning of the show pretty much in a r- ridiculous tag team match with Santino and Cody. I just don't, they don't seem to have much faith in these two if they're not pushing the match at all. Yeah, and you're probably right. DB is never... It shouldn't be the face of the company. I mean, he did, he's done a good job since he's turned heel, but clearly from the WWE's lack of effort in pushing Brian uh, at all ever since he had the World Heavyweight Championship, you know, I, I well, just just the mere fact Brian lost the World Heavyweight Championship in 18 seconds at WrestleMania tells you how little faith they have in him to carry half the company, carry, you know, SmackDown. So... You know, I could almost see Brian winning on Sunday, and then Pong, or and then someone else taking it away from him, or uh, I don't know. I, I, no matter how I, no matter how I look at it, if if Punk is destined to lose the belt, which he probably is now, I don't think Brian's going to hold on to it for very long either. But I also can't think of anyone who really deserves it on Raw. Can you? Because I don't want to see w, I don't want to see Orton hold the WWE Championship anymore, ever. But I can't think of anybody else other than that because Cena's occupied, so who else would there be? Yeah, I, I don't see where they go with that whole thing. I don't understand the the logic. Um, I mean, Punk really, even though he's a WWE champion, he's been you know mid-carding on shows. He's not main-eventing Raws for the most part. I mean, he started out Monday, and he had just no push at all. They seem to be marginalizing him like they do best. But uh, we'll see where that goes. Pyros, I mean, up until this whole twi- Twitter debacle, I thought that like Dave uh, has been telling me for the past week or so, the match between Punk and Brian is going to be a great match technically. But uh, the, uh, the the match that interests me more is the World Heavyweight title match, the Fatal 4. Um, do, you, do you have any predictions or um, how that match is going to go about? Or do you think that just Sheamus retains? I mean, they could go a, a bunch of different ways, obviously. But what's your take? Um, I, I, I agree with you. I think Sheamus will retain. Um, it's... it's he needs to keep carrying momentum he has from WrestleMania, and um, they've, as always, made a big uh, thing, a big issue that Sheamus only has a 25% chance of winning and all that nonsense. And it, it feels, I don't know, maybe this is just from watching wrestling for 20 years, but it feels to me that any time anyone starts talking about, you know, how low of a chance a wrestler has of winning his match, he always wins it. And they always they've been talking about Sheamus as, near guaranteed to lose, and so I, I just have a feeling he'll retain. But I'm actually not even that interested in the World Heavyweight Championship. I'm interested in the match because I think it'll be pretty solid. Orton's become watchable. Sheamus is decent, and Alberto Del Rio is there to uh, uh, do whatever he does, give some uh, 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 sorry, give some uh, Technical work rate, uh, and of course Jericho will give tons of technical work rate. So I think the match itself will be good, but I just don't care about anybody who's really in there. I don't even care about Sheamus. Uh, he's an okay character, but I just don't care. He, he's he's the new Orton. Right. Now, is it just me? I mean, I tell Dave, and he agrees with me, but we agree a lot on wrestling stuff. But people like, uh, or characters like Brodus Clay and, and Tenzai, I feel like they're there for gimmicks. They're there for the like, especially for the kids for for Burr's Clay. Yet, you know, there's some weird dancing, some provocative dancing, which 
goes is kind of weird too. But uh, I feel like when you put them in um, real angles, as soon as they lose their their whole gimmick, it's thrown down the toilet. I mean, aren't these kind of gimmicks for the '80s and maybe you know early '90s, not for like today's wrestling age? Well, you need at least um, some comedy, some bizarre stuff in there, some cartoony stuff, because if nothing else, it adds variety to the programming. Um, same, I mean, honestly, I, I put comedy acts in wrestling in the same vein as the women's division and uh, the tag division. It's Or if we go back 15 years to the cruiserweight division, it all adds to the total package because if you just have big guys, you know, doing the same thing for two hours, you're going to get burned out and bored, especially when you get to the main event. I don't have a problem with Brodus as a concept. My problem with Brodus is they try to put him on the same show as Santino and Zack Ryder. And to me, all three of those guys... Now, you know, Santino has some credibility, actually, in the ring. But, I mean, you know, especially after the tag match on Monday, you know, it, it's he, he is ultimately a comedy character, whether he's got the U.S. title or not. And so you put all three guys on the same show, and whoever comes last is, you know redundant. So what I figure they should do if it was a perfect world is they'd shove Brodus on SmackDown and keep Santino on Raw or switch them. Just keep them on different shows and that way no one gets burned out of that comedic angle thing. And the thing with Brodus is they keep everything so short that you know, to me I don't think it's really that annoying. Like if he if he went out there and did his dance for 15 minutes, you know, that that would eat up too much time. But I don't think there's been a, a single Brodus match that has gone over like two minutes. So it's not too bad. Right. All right, sir. I mean, we don't have the uh, the funds to pay you today, so we're going to let you plug whatever you need to plug. And uh, like I said, this Sunday's over the limit. Anybody that buys over the limit should be under arrest. Byron? I I agree. I'm I'm probably I'll, I'll be working and probably drinking and working on my other projects that day. So you'll be so. you'll be drinking while you're working. Nice. That's right. All right, sir. Plug away. Plug away. Oh, yeah. Um, I was, part of the reason I've been on the show is because I've been doing a lot of other stuff. Um, that includes my YouTube projects, which are on youtube.com slash pyrofalcon. But more importantly than that, um, one thing I haven't mentioned to you guys because I wanted to make sure I had all my – I almost said ducks in a row. I'm not going to say that phrase. I wanted to make sure I had everything set. So um, I'm actually – my dream job is to write, and not just for online onslaught, but write for money. And uh, one of the things I've always wanted to do since I – for about over a decade is be a fiction writer, a novelist. And I actually have a book that's almost completed, and I'm starting to get hooked up with certain publishers. And one of the publishers' names is Laughing Bear Media. You can find them at laughingbearmedia.com, all one word, all lowercase. And Laughing Bear Media is a newish – publisher um they uh are publishing different artwork different stories and you can find one of my short stories under my real name on that website laughingbearmedia.com definitely give the site a watch a look it's something <laughs> yeah it's something all right viral uh, thanks for uh for coming on and we definitely you know, hope you uh, wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors as a <laughs> thanks as Mr. Does this mean I'm never coming on the show again? Say <laughs> it ain't so. Well, if you become a famous writer, we'd have to have you on the show under uh, under an assumed identity. But uh, thanks so much for joining us, and hopefully your your career will take off and 
then you'll be so busy you won't have time to come on Pure Gold because you'll be making all that money. Then, of course, you can set oh. checks our way, but, you know, for for uh, putting up with you for all this time. Well, I was going to say, I promise, if I actually do ever make it big, uh, I will not forget Pure Gold. I still owe you guys a, a, an advertising bump, and I need to actually record that one of these days. <laughs> Thank you so much, sir. Have a wonderful evening, and again, hopefully things will pan out for you, sir. You, um, you too, guys. Have a good one. Folks, that was the one and only Pyro Falcon. And Joe, I got to tell you, you know, with all these different promos and all these different things that we have, I'm kind of I'm kind of running low. We need to figure out what we can do for us to get some uh, some a fresh take as it were. You are listening to Pure Gold Radio. I am actress Laura Jean Salerno and they are David and Joe and they are bringing you all the upcoming inside ex- Exclusive information on everything sports and entertainment ever. Hey, this is Morgan Woolard, Miss Oklahoma USA 2010, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Thank you so much, ladies. The lovely Laura Jean Salerno and the lovely Morgan Woolard. Wonderful women and folks, we're joined by another old friend of the show, Mr. Mike Francesa. I mean, I'm sorry, Kevin Canessa himself, <laughs> sir. Oh, should I say Salicata? How are you doing this evening? <laughs> yeah, this is Salicata, and I would never <laughs> listen to Pure Gold if you paid me on Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, hey, can I say something first, uh, something about you guys were talking about just in the, in the first segment tonight? Uh, sure, why not? The, this, sh- this show, NYC 22, I-, I had a feeling that show was destined for failure. Here's another show on ABC, a summer show out of uh, out of Toronto, Canada, called Rookie Blue, and I love that show. And NYC 22 was just a complete bite-off of that, except it took place in New York City. It was following six rookie cops. I don't even know how that even got to air, to be honest with you. I- I'm not surprised it got canceled at all. Are you guys at all? Or? Well, they figure nobody likes Canada anyway, so uh, why not just steal whatever works in Canada? And it's funny because a lot of the Canadian shows, uh, I mean, they end up coming here to the United States. They come here in alternate versions, different versions, or everything is filmed in Canada. So it, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I've never seen the show personally, so I wouldn't be able to comment. But it's like we were telling Hans earlier in, earlier in the show. Every show that comes out gets canceled. I don't even know why yeah. companies make shows. I mean, it, Kevin, does it really surprise you that they're biting off TV shows considering that every movie that comes out now is a remake of something else or an old TV exactly. show, board game or whatever the case is? No, it's not a shock at all. I mean, and, and, and seriously, they, they must put like $50,000 worth of a budget into some of these shows because if they were putting <laughs> mega, mega bucks into this, would they, would they continue to, to, to debut these shows if they weren't putting just minimal amounts of money into them? You know, like The only it, show it, that I can ridiculous. think of that's a colossal failure money-wise was Terra Nova because Fox was really – I mean, that show had a major budget and it really flopped. It didn't even last a season, so – I can say that show definitely tanked, uh, and they put a lot of money behind that. Yeah, and and I'll tell you, you know what, too, just uh, the, the the second one too that he mentioned was a gifted man. I, that's the kind of show, uh, David. I think you would have liked. I don't know if you ever watched it, or Joe, if you if you ever saw a gifted. Joe's man. not allowed to watch TV. His wife beats him at night. Oh, I figured. Okay, I shouldn't have, <laughs> I shouldn't have brought that up. I'm sorry. Look, this, that, that that was a really clean show. The premise was that there was this guy was a a very, very successful neurologist, and his wife died in a, in a car crash. And she came back to him as a spirit, but, but taught him how to be a better man and a better, a better human being and a better doctor. 
and it had a really nice premise to it. But of course, all these good shows always get canceled anyway, too, because there's That's not enough violence. Like, uh, most men's worst nightmare: their wife dying and then coming back to haunt them in the afterlife. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> but so. Kevin, you know, let's. Uh, we have a couple things we'd like to talk to you about, and since uh, I, I don't know a damn thing about hockey, I'm going to start with baseball. And the New York Metropolitans, Joe and I talked about, I know you're a Mets fan, we're all Mets fans here, uh, yep. I know you're, uh, you're, you're a fan, and last week the Mets had an interesting road trip, they went to Philly, they won all three, uh, they went to Miami, and they lost two out of three, although they should have swept, I mean the Mets, it frustrates me a bit as a fan because the Mets should have had nine straight wins in a row up until last night when they just got destroyed by, you know, Mr. Zach Greinke, but... Uh, and the Brewers, but aside from that, I mean, the Mets really should have had a nine-game winning streak right now, and I know Mike Francesa touched on this, I want to get your take, it's kind of one of those give and takes, I mean, the Philly bullpen blew two out of the three games that the Mets won, and then the Mets bullpen gave two out of three right back to Miami, uh, what about, what do you think about that, sir? I I get nervous any time I see Frank Francisco on the mound. I, I I would be nervous if he came out with a nine to one lead. To be honest with you, and, and it's funny because Joe Joe and I were texting about this uh, the other day, uh, and it was it, 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 he, he's such a, a, a reminder of Armando Benitez and, and Mel Rojas, these relievers of the past that any time they took the mound, you just had to like shake a little bit, and it would make you crap your pants when he would take the mound. And I don't feel any confidence in him at all. But but with that being said, David, I mean, would, 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 if I told you, if we were talking a month and a half ago about this upcoming season and we said the Mets would have 19 or 20 wins at this point in the season and would be on the same track win-wise as the Yankees, would you have taken it? I mean, I certainly would have. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, I definitely would have yeah. taken it. I think Joe and I just, and as Mets fans, we tend to get greedy. I mean, the Mets are, I think, four or five games over 500. They could have been about eight or nine if they had beaten the Marlins like they should have if Francisco hadn't channeled his inner Armando Benitez. I mean, the Mets would be about nine games over 500 right now, and to me, that's the kind of lead that you have to build because eventually things are going to start to go south at least a little bit. They don't have a ton of talent on this team. Their bullpen's not that great. But win every game you can because every game counts, whether it's in May or in September. You're right. You have to look at it, you know, the glass half full, that there's no way we would have thought that they would have been able to make it this long. But honestly, I just don't – I just hate giving those types of games away. I'd rather lose 15 – I'd rather lose 8 to nothing like they did last night than lose those yep. two games they did over the weekend. Yeah, I, I, you're right. And I think you, you even tweeted that Saturday and Sunday, you know, like uh, I'd rather get smacked around. And, and I guess if, if you look at it this way, if the Mets continue to play the way they I'm do, I'm not actually be... smacked around. I don't want to get smacked around like Joe's wife smacks him. Let's just, uh, you know, I've got to get <laughs> that. <laughs> well, you get, you, you get the picture. I mean, <laughs> I thought I could get my closure here after that one. Yeah, we'll Sal, please this, calm down. I know, seriously. I'm gonna go tweet some nasty things after this. After you know, like if, when we look at, when it's when it's September and we're looking back, if this team is is like two or three games out of that second wild card, and let's face it, that's how they're playing right now. So there's no reason not to think that they couldn't possibly be there in September. Those are the kind of games you look back and say, oh my goodness. I mean, that that's that, those were killer moments. So yeah, I think it's I think it's at a point right now where as Mets fans, we have to be a little bit upset over these things and not say, well, it is it is what it is. It's the Mets. They played well enough that those kinds of games they should win, and right. and they and they just, and they haven't. So I can see the frustration for sure. 
I think on the bright side, though, Kev, um, th- this team has a lot has battled through a lot of injuries and is still above 500, which is amazing. And the fact that Ike Davis is stinking up the joint is well, also amazing. Well, yeah, because, oh, yeah. Yeah. Now I want to look at like some specifics and and say like, how concerned as a Met fan are you with Ike Davis? Is it time to demote him? Is it time to? I, I don't know. I mean, at this point, uh, what do we do with Ike Davis? Do you think? Well, your your uh, WFAM counterpart, the other Joe B, said it might be time to send him down. I mean, he said it just this morning, and and I I think he, it's a two way sword here now because nobody expected the Mets to be playing as well as as they are right now, and if they were playing if they were playing crappy baseball right now, all all together they were fifteen. Let's say they won, they won ten games or eleven games at this point, it might be easier to send Ike Davis down because it, it's almost a matter of it is what it is. But now that they're playing as well as they are, it becomes a big challenge. Do you send them down or do you not send them down? Because the team is still on the on the the cusp of, of being in first place. I can't believe I'm even saying that. So I, I think it becomes a real big challenge. I would not want to be Sandy Alderson and and uh, Terry Collins having to make the decision whether to send them down. But the truth is, I, I, I think they have to do it at some point, unless he just miraculously pops out of it very, very soon, because this is brutal. I mean, this is just as brutal a stretch as, you could have, as he's ever had. So he just might not be ready. He might need a couple of days on a bus, as Joe Benigno said. Just send him on a bus to Buffalo, and I'm sure he's not going to like that. So that might be enough to get him motivated to, to, to do what he's got to do to get better. Right, and we lost – right, I mean, we, in starting pitching, we lost Mike Pelfrey. Who? Mike Pelfrey. I'm sorry, who's that? Mike Pelfrey. So Dylan G had a, a pretty rough night last night. Do you think another guy that – do you think he just uh, needs some more work, or is he going to be like uh, a Jekyll and Hyde? We don't know what to expect with him every start. So first let me say I'm glad he had a bad night last night because I, I was very happy to see what happened with David Wright. I know it wasn't I, – I don't like when a player shows up as manager – but I was happy to see David Wright feisty, David Wright's feistiness when, when Terry Collins pulled him from the game for fear he was going to get hit by a pitch. That said, back to G. It, it, it reminds me of of, of Pelfrey. It reminds me of uh, John May, where we had all these uh, days where you you could you can you could get a magnificent start out of him, and then the next time next time he goes out, he gets smacked around again. I ate nothing, so I I, I I didn't have any expectations for him really at the start of the season. And I don't think I do now. I, I so again, it, it might just be another one of those big pelt situations where you just don't know where you're going to get from the guy. And, and, and what's the alternative? Though? That's the question. I don't know. Is there an alternative? Yeah, I, I'm not sure there is. I mean, at this point. But the one thing you have to admit is that Collins and the Mets organization. Um, I always think that the way you, you define fun baseball is winning. I think that if the, the <laughs> really are, Joe winning is fun. Winning is fun. What I, a loser! But but also what an asinine thing to say. But the, the biggest get, point, get him off the air, Alex. Mute him. He, this guy has biggest, got no clue. The biggest point to my my uh, little comment here is that uh, Collins and the Mets organization have uh, done a great job of bringing up the talent from the farm system, and these guys have come through. I think that. They have this bond that they they came up together and now they're playing together well in the majors. Do you feel like this is a, 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 the makings of a special Barf. team, or is this just smoke and mirrors for the first couple months? For the first month? I I like what you said. The first part you said, Joe. I do think that this is making making as a making to something special. It may not all be tonight, uh, t- uh, tonight this year, but the, <laughs> the truth of the matter is, uh, this, I'm thinking of hockey already. So the, the truth of the matter is, I mean, I, I love Terry Collins. And when he was first hired, I was bummed because I wanted Bobby Valentine to be hired. 
Now I'm very glad Bobby Valentine hasn't been hired looking at what's going on in Boston, of course. But uh, I, there's something about Terry Collins. He's just such a player's manager. He's such a delightful human being. He's just a nice guy. And, I, you know, like when you keep hearing player after player say, we just love to play for Terry, that, that's got to mean something. And and I think that's the type of guy you want to be your manager. When And that's the kind of manager you have. They're going to want to play for him, play hard, and win all the time. So that's why I think this is the beginning of something remarkably special. Uh, and and I just hope he's around long enough to, to, to see this to fruition. He still doesn't have a contract extension. So I think it's time he gets a damn extension, don't you think? <laughs> I, th- I think it is. I mean, he's proven that he is the right fit for this team. And I think that hopefully the Mets do give him a year or two extension because I think he definitely deserved it, sir. But since it's already, oh, what, we got 10 minutes to go, we got to get to the most important stuff, Kev. Let's talk about... Uh, NHL playoffs, the Eastern Conference Finals, we'll touch upon the Western Conference Finals a bit, but sir, the Capitals, I mean, the Rangers were able to beat the Capitals in a Game 7, that was a lackluster Game 7, we both agreed about that, and then last, uh, two nights ago, Monday night, the Devils came out playing the Rangers, I felt that the the Devils were primed to win that game, especially with the mental fatigue, the physical, physical fatigue of the Rangers, but they didn't, sir. Why do you think that the, why do you think the Devils weren't able to win besides the obvious. Well, first let me thank you for having me on tonight at this point because if I weren't talking to you guys, I'd probably be pacing and I'd probably be like searching for an oxygen tank from hyperventilating before this game starts. So I owe you both big time for this, first of all. And I I, I got to tell you something. I have never seen more shots blocked. I, they, I, I think the number was 26 shots blocked that the, the, the Rangers blocked on the Devils. Then they had 21 or 22 shots that actually got off goal. And I hate this part of the National Hockey League now. This has been something that's been going on for a long time, but never to the extent that it has in the last four or five years. And the Rangers have adopted this style of play, of blocking shots. And it's just so boring, and it just completely deflates a game on both ends, though. Because Ranger Ranger uh, Ranger Forge are going down, blocking shots, and it takes a while to get up. When you get smacked by a puck at 100 miles an hour, you don't just get up and start skating into your own zone. So uh, it, it, it's 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 been brutal, and and I think that's really what the big difference was. And if the Devils don't find a way to get shots on Hendrick, this could be a four-game series. On the other hand, if they find a way to to get past the shot blocking and get some pucks on on, on Lundqvist. I still, I, I'm still comfortable that the Devils find a way to win the series. But if they don't stop with the, if they don't find a way to get past these shot block, these shot blockers, there's no way they can win the series. It's not possible, and I think it could go very quickly if that continues. Now, do you think that uh, I know that the Rangers are obviously up one nothing? Do you think this is going to be a short series, or are we looking at? I mean, the, to me, the obvious pick before the series would have to be seven games because they're both really good teams. Otherwise, they wouldn't be where they're at now. Um, but do you think this is going to be a short series? I know you're a Devils fan, but but try to be try to be unbiased. Okay, it, 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 there's I I have two answers to this, and this is why it's so tough because we've seen two Devils teams in this entire playoffs. We've seen the team that lost Game One to the Flyers and the team that lost Game One to the Rangers. That was a team that could have easily won that same Game One, but didn't because they didn't find a way to do the things they needed to exploit their opponent. In game two against the Flyers, the Devils came out four-check and, and, and won fairly easily. So if the Devils find a way, if Pete DeBoer, the head coach, uh, prepared them 
where their weaknesses were uh, in game one, and they come out and they exploit the Rangers by getting down low, shooting pucks on Lundqvist from, from just a couple of feet away, the way they need to do it, going on his, uh, on his shoulder side, the Devils will, will win tonight, and it will be a seven-game series. If they can't find a way to do that, I honestly believe this could be a four-game series because when you block shots like that, you can't get them on goal. There's no way to score. So it's going to be a quick series because Devils, Devils defensemen and forwards don't block shots the way the Rangers do, and Martin Brodeur is older and, and rustier than Lundqvist. So with that said, if they don't find a way to fix the shot-blocking situation, I really do, David, think it's going to be a very quick series, four or five. Yeah, Kev, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that you don't grab that oxygen tank. I'm going to put things into perspective. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. I saw similarities between Game 1 in Philadelphia and Game 1 in, in Madison Square Garden. And honestly, I thought Kovachuk had another bad game. He had that same game, that same performance he had against the Flyers in Game 1. I thought he had a really yep. bad game. I thought that was a big key. And I also think that, um, yeah, you're right. There was a lot of shots that were blocked. And unfortunately, that's the way the game is played right now. But, sir, give me your unbiased take on Brodeur's comments about – and I know he was frustrated when he said this. I, I mean, I, I'm telling you he was frustrated – I don't know the guy personally, but he said that we should be shooting maybe at the Rangers' heads or ankles to have them stop yeah. the, you know, stop this. Yeah, I, I, I gotta be honest. I, I've, I've been following. I was, I was fortunate enough in 1992 to be at his very first game. I was a senior in high school and had tickets that night, and I've been following him ever since that day, March 26, 1992. He has made some ridiculous comments over, over time. He's made comments that have made no sense whatsoever because of his. Uh, well, it was I guess at first it was broken English before he really was fluent English because his his native tongue is French, and I've heard him say some of the wackiest things even when the, when they played Detroit about the stupid odor of the octopus that they used to throw on the ice, and he, he would he would make comments about stuff like this, the, the, the octopus. Yeah, I wish they would. I wish the octopus would hit a, a Red Wings player in the face. You know, I, I, he's not saying that because he wants the guy to get to, to have octopus slime on his face. He's just trying to be funny. So, I think that's really what the deal is here. I don't think he would ever want to see one of his players shoot a puck at somebody's head. That that said, he's smart. He knew that if he said that, the media was going to run with it. And Ranger players are going to have to think twice a little bit about about uh, blocking a shot because would they really do something like that? No, but they're going to think it's possible. So I, I, you have, I, I would say, Joe, you, know, you have to take that tongue in cheek. And uh, I'll tell you what, though, if anybody else said that on either team, they would have been fined. Yep, I think, sir. Like I said, you don't don't overreact. I think game two is important if the Devils want to win the series. They're going to have to come out playing real fast, real strong. I think they're going to need to score the first goal tonight to set the to- you know set the tone, and hopefully they can get the win and you know bring you know the series tied at one back to New Jersey. Uh, but you look at I think these teams are going to beat each other up, and I think it's going to go six or seven. I'm still going with Devils in six. But you look at the West, and oh my God, the the Kings are just steamrolling right now. They're nine and one in the playoffs. This is not your typical eight seed. I just think that whatever's left of the Devils or Rangers. In the in the Stanley Cup Finals, I think that the Kings, the way they're playing right now, I mean, nobody could play against them right now. Nobody could beat them. I can, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, at first I thought uh, I, that at some point Jonathan Quick was going to get exposed. He's not getting exposed. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't lose again. I honestly wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's just I've never I, I can't remember anything like this. I, I really can't. Number one, they're 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 an eight seed. 
Uh, number two, nobody predicted them. So I don't want. I keep hearing these like Pierre Maguire and and and, and uh, Keith Jones coming on radio programs and saying, "Well, you know, they got hot at the right time, and, and this is what happens when you're hot at the end of the season." Well, why didn't any of you idiots pick them in the first round? I mean, and why didn't any of you people pick them in the second round? So I can't stand when these pundits say to try to come up with this that they saw this coming. But the truth is that even though Joel McGurk said the same thing, but the truth of the matter is I've never seen anything like it. And and, and I really wouldn't be surprised if they didn't if they didn't lose another game the rest of the season. It's remarkable. And I don't know where it came from because it's it's just it's mind boggling. Right. All right, sir. Hopefully again next Wednesday we'll have you on. We'll we'll talk about the series yep. as they progress. Uh sit back, relax. I think that the devil's gonna come out playing a different game. Like I said, they did lose game one in Philadelphia, and I think Kovalchuk was a big part of that. I think Kovalchuk was a big reason why they lost on Monday night as well. So hopefully they come back, win it, tie the series up, and we'll be talking again next Wednesday, sir. That's right. And one last thing before we go, Joe. Uh, Peter Harold's in the lineup tonight. Adam Larson's out of the lineup. Uh, Sometimes that's all it takes is one little uh, lineup tweak to get a team going, too. So I'm with you. I hope the Devils win tonight, too, and I hope when we're talking next Wednesday – it's a it's a it's a much better picture. So thank you guys very much as always. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, sir. Have a wonderful right. evening. Uh, okay, and go go Obama. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was the one and only member of uh, President Obama's cabinet, Kevin Canessa. I think I hung up on Kevin there at the end. I mean, I, we can't have that on this show. But uh, thank you, Mr. Francesa. I greatly appreciate it, folks. We thank you so much for joining us this evening. I mean, it's been a great show. What did you say, sir? Can I just give you like? Three, four quick nuggets to chew on for, uh, for the people to think about real fast. Give me one nugget. All right, so it's a, apparently illegal to text and walk in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Dude, and and Alex is going nuts about <laughs> it because Alex Look, I live there. I lived it. This is this is absurd. This is some. I want to do this on purpose. And I'm going to get caught by the cops. And I want to see what they do about yeah, it. I'm not going. I'm going to like. They can't do that, dude. We may never be at Connecticut School of Broadcasting again because our producer is going to be in jail. For the next uh, six months, after uh, he texts like a like a oh fool, I am actually surprised at this, and and I totally forgot that Alex lives in Fort Lee. But I mean, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. How are you going to get arrested for? I can understand, you know, if you're if you're driving and texting, but walking and texting. Yeah, maybe we could get into it more next week. We'll also talk about if we want. Well, we may not have. To, we, we might be talking about next week because Alex will be locked up. Yeah, that's so true. That that'll be a that'll be a good place to start. The All Star Game is in City Field next year, Woo! 2013. Gotta love it. Derek Rose might miss the entire NBA season next year, which is interesting. David Robertson, closer of the Yankees, for now is not going to be the closer. He's going to be out for a month. Soriano's <laughs> going to have to close. Love it. And Soriano you, stinks, by the way. Real quick, do you know why Strasburg lost the game yesterday? Steven Strasburg. Steven Strasburg. He no. lost the game seven-one to the uh, no the Reds. Well, apparently his teammates put some icy hot on his junk. <laughs> wow, that's they take things a little bit too far in baseball. I, I really can't say much else after that, but uh, wow, that that's some interesting stuff. Now, City Field, it's going to be full for the All Star Game. That'll probably be the only ten minutes full unless the Mets start winning, you know, big time. But again, folks, we thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure as always. Yours, of course. Make sure to tune in next Wednesday, hopefully, if our producer is not, uh, you know, if we're not bailing him out. Uh, next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're going to try to get some guests, some uh, exciting stuff, but this was definitely a, an awesome show. We thank everyone so much for listening. Uh, let's see if the Rangers and the Devils can make this an interesting series. 
And folks, once again, just uh, thank you for tuning into Pure Gold. For JB, the Sadiji of Pure Gold, reminding you to always keep it PG. What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. Good night, everyone.